Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 417, Mr. Summich. Breeders' Cup Prep Huzzah! Love it. Oh, man, we are two weeks away, less than two weeks away from the World Championships of Horse Racing at Keeneland on November 4th and 5th. That's going to be an awesome Friday and Saturday. We already spent earlier parts of today making some initial plans for the Magic Mike Show Army and, and the uh, the Racing Dudes team, so we're very excited for, uh, for Keeneland. Speaking of Keeneland, Mike... Uh, we're going to lead off today's show after the jump with uh, talking about those three Keeneland stakes. We d- I can't tell if we had – did we Frankenstein together a pick five winner? I feel like there was one of those legs where we just both got completely knocked out. Um, I think it was. I can't remember which leg it was. But, yeah, we had we had the nine in the second race. I had that nine horse. Yeah, you did. 15 to one. Um, obviously, you had the first leg. The last one we did. I don't think either of us had Shogun Warrior. No, we did not have Shogun War. I had, you had that second place horse. That was the leg that got us. And that second place horse, I needed to win a contest too. And that was really frustrating. It horse should have gotten through. It just could not get out. It was clearly the best horse in the race. Didn't go to the lead. Actually came from off the pace. That was a, an excellent pick. Nice price. Too. I think it was like 13, 14 to one. And it was the best horse in the race. It just couldn't get loose. Nice price, sure, but I really thought he was going to go gate to wire. That's why I picked him. It's like if you picked him for a different reason, but they won. Well, the ticket still pays, but fortunately didn't get it there. Uh, sorry, tournament wise, that um, he actually was twenty to one, so I wasn't the only jabroni out there putting some shekels down on him. But listen, we've got some Keeneland action to talk about, and then Mike and I are going to do something really funny. He came up with this idea about an hour ago, I felt yep. hour and a half ago. Uh, we're going to do a fantasy draft. Uh, we're going to take each draft ten horses that we think are expected to go to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, it's up to us as people who follow the sport to know if we're picking the right ones or not. Um, and then it's going to be five points to the winner, three points to the second of that race, and one point to third in that race. And if we have the horses, we get those points. If we didn't, they go unspent. Uh, it's exciting. Talk about why you wanted to do this on the show today. Well, I thought it was a good thing. Like People often ask, okay, where are your biggest opinions? Where, like, Who do you really like in spots? This is going to kind of give away some of those places where we like horses that are in these different spots. So you know, the first pick overall, you're going to go ahead and assume is like the best single from that person that day. You know, I, I assume, now that Maddie's not here and listening, it's going to be either Flightline or Cave Rock that's going to go first overall. But it gives you an idea of who we like. We'll talk a little bit about each of these horses that we like. So it gives you a better idea of where we're focusing on shorter areas inside pick four, pick five, pick six sequences. Um, this isn't a spot where there's going to be a lot of tournament horses. This is going to be a lot more of, you know, who do you like in these races? Who do you think has a shot at running well? I, I don't think I'll have a single. So I, I listed out 22 horses on my list. I don't think I have a single horse that will go off over 10 to 1, maybe one or two. But I do have certain ones that I'm much more interested in spots, have much more confidence in. And I think that's a big like I, like I know, for instance, I'm probably not going to get a certain horse because I have that horse listed in the, in the teens and they're sub three to one on almost every book you go to right now. So it, it's going to be tell you kind of who we like in each spot here. Yeah, as Brian says, a fun way to handicap. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, we did this. Uh, let's see. It was 2019 Breeders' Cup Santa Anita. It was the, the Thursday night before. And uh, we were having dinner with John White. And it was Aaron and Jared. Uh, Brandon Bauer was with us, and I can't remember if Ryan was in there or not, if he was the sixth. Ryan did? Okay, so we all did it with John, and we're sitting there after like a couple hours just bullshitting, talking, having fun, and John just very casually like he pulled it out of his hat and definitely hadn't been sitting on this all night. goes, guys, what do you think about a fantasy draft? And we'll do this like as the group, and we I think we each picked five back then, and we all put in money, but then right when we're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, 
He whips out the notebook. He's already got everything drawn. He's like, okay, so who's going to go first? Who's gonna... We're like, shit, we just got hustled by John. And he almost did hustles. I think he got second in that one. It's a strong move, too, because if you've been sitting there for multiple hours with John White, you were probably not on your first bottle of wine either. So he is the no. only one who was probably prepped for this at all. So it's a, it's a strong yes. way to play. Yeah, it, it, you know, no PPR here. Uh, we could assign bonuses, but I didn't like figure this out in the draft. We could assign bonuses if like they win it five to one or higher, things like that. But with just two people, it's, it's I think it's really best just hey, win, play, show. What can you get? What can you get home here? And also, yeah, and if you do want it, sorry. I was like, we're going to talk about the Breeders' Cup so much for the next two weeks. We need to do something fun on this show this, this far out so that we can have something unique to talk about. So that's, that's why we're doing the draft. Yeah, yeah. There's only so many ways. At least it's not like the Derby where there's one race we can talk about. All right. No, no. We got 14 of them. It'll be fun. Um, and yeah, you'll see what we like is uh, there's no bonuses for ROIs or anything like that. But if you're doing this in the group of like, say, six, eight, ten of you, if you see this, you think it's a good idea. By the way, it's a fun thing. Everybody throw in five, ten, twenty bucks, whatever you want. Winner take the whole thing. But then if you want to do like bonuses, hey, you get a you know a 10% bonus if you had a or 10% of the pot for whoever had the strongest ROI. Because, you know, yeah, we can pick chalk, but you also do want to make money. So the ROI winner should get something too. Yeah, I like it. I think it would be a fun way to play the Breeders' Cup with your friends if you actually have people who care about horse racing in smaller groups. So it definitely feel free to steal us. And if anybody steals it too, tell us about it and tell us how it went and what you did and, and, and like kind of the unique spins on it so we can keep making this better. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And Kevin says, uh, strictly horses two weeks out. Time to lock in. Promise us no BS or ice cream chat. Uh, ice cream chat, that's fine. I can't promise no BS. It is us. Things just kind of BS happen. But um, yeah, as Kevin says, by the way, you get to count for purse money only horses this way. Modern Games going to be a, a, a good safe pick for you. Yes, Modern Games. And we'll make that rule now. We're playing by who crosses the finish line first. So Modern yes. Games would count for this game last year. We would be the only people getting paid on Modern Games winning. <laughs> I think somebody had modern games and I don't I have no way I could remember who had, but I'm pretty positive somebody had that too. It might have been a point of contention. But listen, we're going to real quickly talk about the Keeneland races from this past weekend beforehand because could see these horses go to the Breeders' Cup and then the fantasy draft. So buckle up, sit down, hold on tight. Here we go. Riders up. Mike, the first race we want to talk about Saturday, we'll put up here on the screen now. You can uh, take a watch. The Perryville Stakes at Keeneland Race 6. It kicked off the late pick five that we covered on the show. And uh, Aaron's top pick over at this site, my top pick in the race, the eight Gunite, one to two, a very uh, tough price to take on this horse, unless you were going to single him. Uh, what did you think about this effort? And then the 106 buyer, we're going to the sprint. I mean, phenomenal effort. And this is one of the reasons why we wanted to. We weren't planning on originally talking about these races at Keeneland on Monday here. But because of this effort and another effort here, we thought it was kind of relevant. I mean, yeah, this horse should go to the sprint, right? I, I mean, not only do you have that 106 effort, you also have a stablemate here in Ashton's barn where that can stalk the pace and showing the ability to stalk the pace multiple times at sprint distances. You've got Jackie's Warrior, who's most likely going to go to the front, go cry and crash that party that way. Gunite is the perfect complement to that. Where this horse can run, you know, two, three, four lengths off the lead, be able to make a nice move into the turn. Clearly loves Keeneland. No issue with the distance. I, I mean, I think Gunite should go to the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I'm not sure if we will, but should. It's been interesting. Gunite started popping up overseas now in the sprint odds at 10 to 1 as well. So he's starting to be populated at multiple books to be in that sprint race. Uh, that's that's exciting. The... Uh... 
Man, uh, I, this horse was uh, just watch this when he takes off. I mean, he's still very much in hand at the eighth, the three sixteenth pole, and then Tyler's going to get him going right at the eighth pole, and he just takes off. I mean, and and hoist the gold with the horse chasing him. You know, you could. I think that one thing too. These were logical horses to finish second and third. I don't think we thought hoist the gold was remotely a win candidate, but hit the board. Sure, it's Dallas Stewart in these spots. B Doc was the other horse I used. He came up for third, and his buyer, the buyers that both of the horses got for second and third. They didn't feel inflated. This wasn't a graded stakes race, Mike. And I think that actually helps Gunite's case when you look at that 106 buyer. If this is a grade two, we're going, all right, it's the 106, it's a grade two. Winner. This is a listed stakes at Keeneland. Yeah, it's phenomenal effort. And it was three wide the entire time, chasing 22 and two, 45 and four. So it was going pretty quickly up front as well, for especially for a seven furlong distance here. The sprint at six, so it would be a cutback for him. Maybe he likes the seven furlongs. Aaron's mentioning the Malibu in the chat. I think that would be a good target if you're going to pass in the Breeders' yep. Cup sprint. Or it would be a good target if you're going to go to the Breeders' Cup sprint and then peel him back to the Malibu. you got time in between them. So it'll be interesting to see what we do with, with Gunite here. But uh, you can no longer call Gunite a horse for course. Two big wins at Saratoga. Now you have him <laughs> being successful in other places. Uh, and again, because this is where the Breeders' Cup is, I, I would wheel him back as long as everything's okay with the horse. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that too. Uh, I saw did Dennis in the chat. Somebody mentioned it, questioning if he had bled or not. I didn't hear anything about that. I'm looking through now to see if there's any news. I haven't seen anything. If you're in the chat or watching this uh, and you find out something, or Dennis, if you know, let us know where you might have heard that. But um now, the question is, is it the sprint or the dirt mile? Because the afterwards, the connections um, from Mitchell Thoroughbreds that owned him, they were thinking, you know, they said maybe the dirt mile. They're not sure about that. They know who Jackie's warrior is. They, the trainer knows, obviously, what the chances are there. But I think keeping this horse at one turn, even if it's the Perryville, I think that's the best move for this horse. I think if you stretch him to two turns, even for a mile, don't like that move. Uh, and then especially like Aaron brought up a great point, Malibu. Malibu, this horse is going to love that Malibu. Um, wouldn't it be great if we get like Taba cutting back to seven furlongs for the Malibu too? Like classic and then do the Malibu. That would be interesting. I doubt that happens, but that would be interesting. I, I like I like the sprint for uh, Gunite here more than I like the mile. I, I agree with you. That, like two turns is a new, unique thing. I'm not sure we really want to go to two turns and test it. And look, we talked about this before. I mean, you've had some sprint winners that are, that are not horses on the pace. And this horse would not be on the pace at six furlongs. You'd be coming from off it. A 21-44 pace setting up for Gunite sounds wonderful to me. Like, it's not like the six furlong is going to be an issue and you're going to have something to chase. I think it's a really nice setup if you do go to the sprint. Like, I would actually consider using Gunite in the sprint. I would probably not be using Gunite in the dirt mile. I mean, it obviously depends on who shows up in the dirt mile because that's a big part of that yeah. question. But uh, yeah. It would be tough for me to use him. Um, we'll cut, Rodney, I see your question. We'll come back to that in a little bit uh, once we go back to the Breeders' Cup. So we'll stay with this for a second. But that's a good question you're asking over there. Um, Artorias, this is the horse that I can't, I think you might have singled him in here. Um, I'm yeah. not calling you out. My opinion into this race was that he was two turns and a little bit of a plotter. Do you feel like he needs to now stretch back out to two turns? It didn't break wonderfully here. It was a little further back than I would have liked. Um I'm not sure whether or not I, I want two turns on him or not. It's just one of those spots where like, it just didn't seem like he was ever really that involved. And so it was a disappointing effort. And I'm not really sure why, which is, makes it a lot more difficult for me to assess where to go. I mean, he was successful around one turn before going two turns. So it's not like we, we can't sprint, right? It's just, it was just a weird effort here. And, and, you know, he got loose a little bit late to run on for fourth, but overall I was pretty disappointed in what Arturius did here. 
Yeah, the uh, what you're what Mike's referencing, he has a win at Belmont Park going a one turn mile uh, over their dirt course there. All right, let's move on. Uh, we both think they definitely go to the Breeders' Cup. I'm saying sprint uh, for him on that one. Wicked Halo could go to the Philly and Mare Sprint. This was a Steve Asmussen trainee, owned and bred by Winchell Thoroughbreds, by Gunrunner, Tyler Gaffley on the board, out of the eight post, and it wins for fun. Yeah. It's like the identical, identical trips. Yes, but I will say this. Fungal's Cave misses the break, and I think would have been a very competitive horse in this spot had the break not gone so poorly for the five here. When you watch it, you'll see the five misses by two or three steps, ends up running second. A Wicked Halo has improved phenomenally throughout this 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 last year. I mean, Ashton's done a wonderful job with this horse to be able to get Wicked Halo into the position to even be discussed for the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. Mm -hmm. This one I'm not as high on going, um, but the race is also more wide open that you would go to. So I, I wouldn't say no out of the gate, but to me, this is a more of a long shot that this horse will show up there. Uh, it sounds like I'm just going through and reading the uh, uh, the, the uh, DRF article about it. It sounds like they're they're considering it. They will, of course, see how she comes out of it. But Shamrock Rose in 2018 won this race and then won the Breeders' Cup to the American Sprint. That's the horse that, uh, if you've been listening long enough, uh, Wise Dan, that was a horse he famously loved in that race. We all made fun of him for it, and then the horse won, and he didn't bet it because we all made fun of him for it. So the lesson there, if you're going to make fun of your friends for their bets and they lose, make fun of them again because, well, what else are you going to do about it? If you like a horse at 20 to 1, don't give a shit about what your friends think. That's that's the lesson. That's the more important one. Yeah. yeah. I want to say she paid like 40, yeah, 43 yeah. $45, $45, something to crazy. One, like something like that. It was not a short yeah. price. And this is a field that, I mean, you know, last year Gamine lost it, but we only had five in the field because everybody was scared of Gamine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, echoes. And here's the thing, too. The other Philly Mare Sprint candidate is a three-year-old from Winchell Thoroughbreds and Steve Asmussen named Echo Zulu. Like, it's funny the, you mentioned that. They got two three-year-olds in this race. I don't have Echo Zulu on my list of horses here. That's fine if you don't have her on your list, but she is going to the Philly Mare Sprint. She is going to Philly Mare Sprint. She probably will be a reasonably short price. I just don't have her on my list of horses here. Nope. That's fair. Uh, oh, interesting. Michael says this was a no Lasix race, of course. Uh, Wicked Halo now four for four without Lasix. That is, uh, that's a good angle. I mean, that's you definitely don't have to worry about her, hopefully, uh, without Lasix. So that's a good note there. Um, uh, the pre-entries come out on Wednesday, so we'll be able to find out exactly when. We used to be able to find out early when everything came out. And it was nice. For a brief moment, Mike, it was nice to have that power. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Let's, <laughs> that's okay. The life oh, moves well. on. Let's go to Sunday real quick. The feature race was the mile and a half Dowager, Do Wager. I heard Aaron say Do Wager. I was like, well, that's a good, you know, wagering on horses. That's a good one. Uh, Temple City Terror is going to get the win from the five post. It's a long race, but uh, I watched this, uh, I think, when we were having our meeting earlier, and I could not believe just how explosive she was in the stretch once she took over. Um, Philly and Mare Turf, it's a slightly shorter distance. It'll be two turns instead of three. Do you still send her? That's the big question. This is a good enough effort to go out of it um, if you think that that two-turn distance isn't going to be a big issue. The mile and a half is much better for her, right? And that's this is the mile and a half race, three-turn race, as you mentioned. It went pretty quick here, too. 22 and change for an opening first quarter. You can see these two horses kind of quarter-horsing off here. I don't think you send her because of the distance. But she clearly likes the turf course and is good form. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see the connections take a shot here. They actually have her. It's it's interesting. She isn't. Uh, I'm reading the DFR, DRF article from this morning from Marty McGee. And he's saying that they weren't. There's no mention of the Breeders' Cup. But they actually had her in the Keeneland sale uh, in book one for no, you know two days after the Breeders' Cup. They were going to sell her there. So 
Uh, now they're thinking about redoing that or, or, or changing their mind because of how well she's doing. Uh, if she goes, I don't think she's really got much of any chance, but it's the Breeders' Cup. How often? This isn't like a big group, right? It's pocket aces racing. They're not a huge conglomerate when it comes to the Breeders' Cup. So if, you know, it's just also a lot of money. If they, if she's not uh, registered or if she hasn't, you know, there's a lot of money that involves with that too. But how often is someone going to like pocket aces going to have a Breeders' Cup course, you know? Yeah. It's definitely something you have to kind of decide as a connections is when do you want to take your shots and are you, is it worth the, the money if you do need to, to supplement them in? Um, she set the stakes record, I believe it was, not the track record. Uh, I think it was yes. the stakes record uh, here. So she ran phenomenally. You mentioned how fast she came home too. Came home in 22 and four, I believe it was, for the final quarter of a mile and mm -hmm. a mile and a half. That's insane. Yeah. And it was, she was, uh, you'll see it here. I'll speed it up so we can get through this one. But she, um, now she's making the move. She's the bright red silks. If you're watching the, well, that's a pretty fall colors, bright red silks on the outside there. If you're watching the video replay and it's not just that she came home in 224, she never got asked for her best. I mean, she just, look at this. She's already on the lead and we're at the top of this stretch and, and we're going to go 205 and we're going to go, I think like 228 or something like that. It's just ridiculous. Uh, how fast this Philly comes home. So, um, it was great. Uh, good, good on you. No chance in hell at the Breeders' Cup, I don't think. Yeah, it would be tough. It would be awfully tough. Luck Money runs second yeah. here. Luck Money wouldn't even be in, would be 99 to 1 in the Breeders' Cup, right? So they're also not beating a ton behind that horse either. Yep. Uh, and then she was the, uh, what, 3 to 1, basically 3 to 1 second choice. By the way, God bless breakage at, in Kentucky. It was so, I had my first real nice taste of that betting Gone Night and Wicked Halo uh, and seeing all those little extra pennies come back. I was like, that's nice so thank it's you kentucky nice. uh like that state yeah. rule let's let's implement that more often all right mike everybody's ready for this one let's have our breeders cup fantasy draft i'm excited you're excited the fans are excited uh while i get this loaded up rodney uh in the chat earlier you asked about why several international horses aren't coming over um as much as we call it the world championships the rest of the world doesn't always consider the breeders cup the world championships unfortunately so that's what you know you have in well, in Spiral, um, they probably want to protect her for next year. But Nature Strip is Australian. He just shipped to England. Like, there's a lot that goes in with that. We almost never see the Southern Hemisphere horses from Australia show up here. It was why it was so special. We had four or five from Japan at Del Mar last year. I don't know what they'll do because California is, you know, it's a lot closer to Japan mm -hmm. than Kentucky yeah. is. Um, but, you know, off of that note, when someone comes from that far, they're not sending shit. So that's why we were so high on Love's Only You in Japan uh, winning at the Breeders' Cup last year. Yeah, it's tough. You have a lot of horses that just they don't want to ship them overseas. There's a lot of very, very big races you can run in Europe and not have to deal with the, the, the in and out. And, you know, some horses don't like firm turf and the U.S. turf is significantly more firm than you have over in Europe. So there's certain aspects of like what the horse prefers as well that's take, that gets taken into account when you're making those type of decisions. Uh yeah, I did see this, Kevin. Gufo's being nominated to go to Japan, the Hong Kong vase, and then the Japan Cup or Hanshin Cup, something. Some big races in Japan were like multi-million dollars, but they're like, yeah, we're not going to the British Cup. Good decision. Yeah. Wasn't going to win. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. All right, Mike, uh, let's start this. Whoops, I'm sorry. I did not mean to. I meant to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's go. Uh, the fantasy draft, I, I put M's because I didn't want to just assume I knew who was going to pick first here. Um, Aaron, do you want to come in real quick and do like a little hat flip for us to decide who goes first? We can play rock, paper, scissors. Bring me in. Why right. not? Aaron's, Aaron Halchman's here. He's going to judge the rock, paper, scissors. Okay. I, well, not, I, I put on a nice shirt because I was getting ready to do videos and now you've brought me into this one. So I'm ready. 
Are we, we do one, two, three, and then we shoot on four? Yeah. One, two, three, okay. shoot. Okay. Why do you need me for this? You we, you're going to be the calling and you're the judge because we're inevitably going to fight about something. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Ready? One. Okay, hold on. We're counted out. Count it out. <laughs> this is why we need air. Ready? Quit like, dicking okay. around. Come on. One, two. One, two, three. What? You kill it. He's not on time. Ready? I got one, two, three. Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one. One, two, three, shoot. He's so late. Fine. Do you Scissor get me, daddy. All right, take first pick. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to take Cave Rock. I'm going to take Cave Rock. That's just that's ridiculous, wasn't it, Aaron? He cheated. He, he went after you. Clear delay there, right? It's fine. I actually didn't want Cave Rock as my first pick. It wasn't my Thanks first. Thanks for judging. We still had a problem, Aaron. Uh, all right. Give me, give me flight line. Okay. And we are doing this. We didn't say this. We're doing this snake style, so Mike's going to yep. go next. And then give me Golden Pal. Ooh, that's a good one. And clearly, the might, two, the, the, those are, those should be your three heaviest favorites of the weekend in my mind. Yeah, this, it's, it's fourth, hard to think of. This fourth pick, I thought was hard. I, I actually wanted the uh, the the two and the three versus the one because I thought you had three like three locked in winners in my mind are those three horses. And then here now it gets a little odd. Um, Jesus. I don't know. But the problem is Mike had time to, to prep for this. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, sure. This is a good idea. And then um, I'm looking at the divisions here. We, by the way, in the chat, let us know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I won't necessarily take your pick, but let us know what you, uh, what you would do. You know, there's races where you could go. I don't want to talk out too loud too much because of what you're thinking about. Um, hmm. Oh, you know what? Assuming he shows up, what I got to, I got to find the horse's name. Um, there it is. Silver Knot for Charlie Appleby and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Interesting. They are purposely not bringing Mysterious Knight, and they're yeah. bringing this horse. Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. <laughs> I was this not is interesting on, so far. I was not planning on selecting that, <laughs> that horse because I wasn't sure okay. if he's going to come over or not. And I wasn't planning on selecting that race because I think it's a really tough race this year. It's not tough if he shows up is my opinion on that one. But you sure. know, yes, sir. we'll see. I've got a couple uh, oh wait, I'm up next. I was gonna say go next, but uh, yeah. it's still me. All right. Well, I wasn't. I didn't want to do this at four because I thought it was a, a reach. But at five, I'll go ahead and take Nest. Nest was my fourth pick. That would have been. That was my next off the board. Um. Uh, all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Jack Christopher here. Um, Boy, everybody I'm, wanted you to take Nest there, didn't they? <laughs> I would have taken Nest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna take Jack Christopher here uh, with this pick. I don't know if he's going to the mile or the sprint yet, but I think he is a clear favorite in the mile, and I think he is a very good choice in the sprint. Um, so I'm going to go with That's Jack. That's a Mike Stomach pick. I'm picking a horse that can qualify in two divisions, so either way, I've got a chance. And it would either be my top pick or a top three pick for me, and very likely could win the sprint if he ends up there, but I would be my top pick in the mile. So I think that makes a ton of sense there. Um Oh, man, I'm going to take a little risk. I'm going to go with Nashua in the Philly and Mare turf. Um, not positive she's coming over. I think if she is, she will be a fairly heavy favorite. I think has a really good shot at winning a race, which I think is coming up pretty light. Oh, boy. That's a good one. Um, if you can figure out – yeah, you've got to just trust, again, that she's going to show up like I did with Silver Knot. 
Oh boy. The turf races are tough because I want to like like modern games in the mile. It's like exciting, but that's a tough race. It's a big field. A lot of funky things happen in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bree, God bless you, Bree. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Dennis's pick. I'm gonna I, let's let's go with Jackie's Warrior because we're also playing, you know, for win place show. Yeah. Even if he isn't able to win this year, God, you've got to think he's good enough to, to hold on and hit the board at six furlongs too. I think that's a big key. I had Jackie's Warrior listed as my 18th pick. Interesting. Okay. That would have been like a ninth round pick for me. I, I assumed I was not going to get Jackie's Warrior because of that, but you could have let Jackie's Warrior fall very far and I would not have selected him. That's all right. I was thinking of, I was trying to think of who will be a short price. Um, on that note, let's roll with my boy. Let's go Rebels Romance. Good. Charlie pick. Appleby in the turf. Uh, yeah, that- big favorite for this. Love him. That one was going to be off the board if it got back to you. <laughs> Um, speaking of races, I think are weak. I think the juvenile Phillies isn't great. Give me chocolate gelato. I'm going to, I'm going to take the horse who I think should be the favorite in that spot in a race where I just don't think that there is, there's a ton of talent. I don't like wagon wheel who won last time out. I, I, you know, the chop chop is obviously interesting. Um, I can't remember right Mm. now the name of the, the, the the brown horse is interesting, but I think chocolate gelato is the best of them. And I, I think, I'll I'll take a shot in a race. I don't think that's deep. that that is that deep. Raging Sea uh, is the horse you were thinking of. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with Modern Games in the Turf Mile. It's the other one. This is a good area for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the right spot to take Modern Games. I don't I don't think you would have gotten your hands on him. <laughs> I don't. I think this is the right. This is the area I was looking to take him. So that was good. Um, you know what? I'm gonna steal a page out of your book. Uh, you pick Jack Christopher because he could go in one of two spots and be contender in either one. So is Kamari. Philly and Marriage Sprint. I think she's as good as any Philly in there. Uh, maybe Good Night Olive is. She's right there with the two of them. She loves Keeneland. She also loves Six Furlongs and could go uh, to face the boys. So I'm gonna do that one. Um, you guys are yelling off. I mean, if Ken Ross shows up, yeah. But like, I don't wanna. Maybe let's talk about round 10. Let's talk about round 10 about that one. It, it's all interesting. Right. The horses in the chat are all horses I have on my list. And so it's, it's they're just where I end up placing them in here. Um, boy, this is interesting. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to take any more juveniles. I feel like taking juveniles in the first two rounds was already a risky uh, decision. There it is. All right. Thank you. This is a horse. I forgot about this. And I'll credit the Gore 323 because this is a horse I've been high on for months for the Dirt Mile. And uh, every time I look at the Dirt Mile photo, I think of Cody's Wish. So uh, as much as I love Cody's Wish, yeah, Laurel River in round seven. I just won the draft because of how bad your sixth and seventh round picks were. That was going to be the difference right there. You just you, you, you missed the boat there. That was that was what we we're going to talk That That is going to be the difference in this. Um, let's see here. Oh. Ah, I like two in the juvenile turf sprint. I don't know which one I should take. All right, uh, I'll go with Blue Rose Cannon. Take them both. I'll go with Blue Rose Cannon in the juvenile turf fillies. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Love Reigns in the juvenile turf sprint. Ah, you did it. Okay. Wesley Ward. I'm between two of them here. I like one other one, which will probably get drafted at some point. But... 
Wesley Ward is talking about this horse. Like he thinks this is going to be a superstar, specifically scratched out of Keeneland last weekend because the horse is so ready to roll at the Breeders' Cup. So we'll, we'll take a shot with the best trainer, Turf Sprinting. That's who I was going to take next. That's uh, so I had my eye on her, and I thought I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to fall this far." But you, uh, listen, you thought you thought this is where it was going to do me in, so you could be right. All right, I'm looking to see what else do I have that I haven't touched on. I got the distaff, got the turf. You know what? He's not. I don't think he's going to win it. I think he's got the best chance to get second, and I think he's got the best chance to pull the upset if Flightline falls apart. So I'm going to take Flightline in round eight. You're going to pick Epicenter in round eight. Sorry, epicenter. What did I say? Flightline again? Flightline. Yeah. <laughs> Twice? Sorry, epicenter. Yeah. I looked I, up at Flightline when I typed that. It's interesting because I assumed at some point you would take epicenter. And like I obviously have Tabe on my list because we both know how each other thinks about this race. And so it's, it's whether or not you want to play for that upsetting Flightline or not. And then locking up those second place points versus taking a more risky pick, right? Um, hmm. Not the juvenile turf because I've got silver knot. You went juvenile Phillies turf. You know what? Uh, there's one horse I want, but I don't know if, it, if round 10 is where it'll end up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Only got two horses left for your list here. I know. I'm trying to. I don't have a turf sprint. Well, the turf sprints in beyond uh, Jackie's Warrior. Or uh, not. Wow. Golden Pal. Um, hmm. Juvenile Phillies turf. You could took Blue Rose Send for that one. So you can try and figure out who's going to go there. God, this is just, it gets, all of a sudden gets a little tough here. Um, free look, Chad Brown, Juvenile Phillies turf. Interesting. I wouldn't have, I, I, I think, I thought that was a one pick race. I thought that was Blue Rose Can and nothing else, right? Like the, after that, it's really tough. Cause like Delight is That's, another one you could look there. Um, yeah. But that, I thought that race was tough on the US side. All right, give me, uh, give me Goodnight Olive. I think that's a, a pretty easy pick at this point. That horse has to be taken. I think has a very good chance at winning the, the Philly Mare or Philly Mare Sprint. Um, and then give me Malathat. I'm going to take the other Distaff horse, who's the logical one. Uh, I don't love Malathat to win, but I expect a big race from Malathat. And if you're going to beat Nest, it's going to be with Malathat in my mind. So I'll, I'll take Malathat there in the last round. Now, do I go for my other distaff? Because I was actually going to take another distaffer here, uh, and it wasn't going to be Malathat. Hmm. Clarier? Yeah, I was thinking about – well, I'm the last pick, right? So I can yeah. just say this. I'm between Clarier and – I know it's supposed to the chat. I'm between Clarier and the distaff, the Platinum Queen and the Juvenile Turf Sprint. The Platinum Queen beat older horses into group one to qualify to come over. Okay. Darren says platinum queen. I feel like that's the sign. Platinum queen is my highest ranked horse. that's not drafted right now. And that was the one I was considering between platinum queen and, um, and between love reigns in that pick. And I took love reigns and that's why I left platinum queen on the board. And I think between the two, I, you chose, yeah, you have the better of the two there. Um, it's, it's so hard to go against Wesley Ward. He's won this race. It's been held four times. He's won the last three. That's that was the that was the difference for me. It's a U.S. horse versus or the North American horse versus a international horse turf sprinting. All right, should we bring in Aaron here and have him uh, dissect who who what side of the draft he likes more, and and then we can talk about what him. I have not picked that I have listed here, and we can. So who did we leave off? So Aaron, Team Magic or Team Mike? Who do you like? Samich. Pretty pretty aggressively, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin says minus five hundred. I don't think it's minus five hundred. I think it's minus four fifty, maybe. Yeah, it, I, 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 the middle rounds is where I feel like I got the better of them. So, Magic, you picked first and you didn't pick flight line. So, explain that strategy first. 
between the two of them? I don't know, is it a coin flip? Why'd I pick between the two of them? I think that there's, I think that he's a complete standout and that flight line looked incredible, but I don't know. I, I think the argument could be made that Cave Rock is facing a lot less. Is that it, it's really, it's National Treasures, who I believe is the second best horse who he's already beaten. And then you have, um, in that against flight line, I mean, you could make a case for table. You could make a case for yeah. uh, epicenter. You could make a case. I actually for... surprised you didn't draft table, did you? No, I left him off. I I, I think but... Malathat has a better shot at upsetting Nest than Taba does at upsetting flight line, and that was really the last my last decision there is which way do I want to go in that front? Samich, if you had the number one pick, who would you have drafted? Flight line. Okay. Just make I, sure I, I wasn't make... crazy. No, I, I think Flightline is going to be your shortest price of the weekend and yeah. your most likely winner, right? And so that, that to me is why I would take Flightline as the first pick. But I, like, again, I think Cave Rock and Flightline are your two, should be first and second. I don't, I'm not going to blast the difference between those two picks. Okay. Um, yeah, he went with Kamari and Laurel River in those middle rounds that you were talking about. I'm not too high on Kamari. Uh, Philly Amir sprint, they kind of said they don't really want to do that. So now you look at this regular sprint. Well, if Jack Christopher is in it and Gunite's in it, all of a sudden I think Kamari's in a little bit of trouble. So I don't mind the Laurel River pick, though. That's not too bad. Yeah, Kamari I had at 18. So I, I was interested in Kamari. Just I, I, I would have let her fall a little bit further because I do think she's interesting in the sprint. And it's one of the reasons why I had Jackie's Warrior so low is that Jackie's Warrior probably going to get the lead, but we've seen this sprint fall apart so many times. I kind of want horses from off the pace in that race. Yeah, I can see it. I just don't think Kamari's the one. <laughs> There'd be somebody else in that one. So, uh, let's see. Epicenter, interesting. I thought you might pick that horse. That's I would have a hard time picking anybody against Flightline. But you're getting... The whole idea was he's... I, I think he's almost a lock for second, and if Flightline stumbles, then I think spicy. he's... <laughs> well, if if he does lock up second, he he takes my first pick, and instead of getting five points for it, I get to essentially get two because he gets the three points right behind it in the race. I think calling him a lock for second is a little bit spicy. I, I think he may be a lock to get second or third, but I think or is the the key. <laughs> <to that. laughs> I love this comment from Kevin. Uh, is it magic? It's okay. Everyone has a fantasy draft that they panic middle rounds, and after a few beers, start picking off the auto generated rankings. <laughs> So who who did we leave off this list that you think That's we should question that we think we should have drafted? I have Kinross, Highfield Princess, Taba, Delight, Warlike Goddess, all undrafted in my top twenty five here. Let me pull up my uh, list. Uh, I've been working on the Breeders' Cup all day today. Hold on, let me pull it up. I, I I do think like Kinross is interesting in the Turf Mile, and if I hadn't have gotten Modern Games, I would have probably taken Kinross. Um, I think Highfield Power or Princess is interesting in the turf sprint. If I hadn't had Golden Pal, that horse probably makes the list for me as well. Uh, two horses who are, are supposed to be coming over, uh, but will be shorter prices if they do end up showing up. Uh, let's see. You got the Phillies covered on the turf. You got the dirt. Uh, Nation's yeah. Pride, another one that, that was talked about mm -hmm. quite a bit. But I, I heard that Nation, is Nation's Pride officially coming. I, I thought that was... More leaning toward no than yes. I think he's on the outside looking in because Applebee's already got Rebels, Romance, and Addy are yep. both Godolphins, both going to the turf. I think he's not worthy of a top 20. How about that? If you did five more, I think you do have to kind of throw him in there. Um, you took, yeah, you took Silver Knot. I'm just going through all these as, as I worked on this guide today a little bit. Uh, 
I think you've got it all covered. I don't know who you would have left off. Warlike Goddess, I think, is one that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Philly and Mare Turf, did somebody take Nashville? Yeah. Uh, dirt. What about Cody's Wish? Did anybody think about that horse? I, there are so many horses that are better than Cody's Wish that all may not go or may go. I can't, I can't see a scenario where I end up picking him. That's the thing. Unless everyone would have to knock, like if Cyberknife's there, I'll take Cyberknife over him. If Jack Christopher's there, I'll take Jack Christopher over him. If like there's just there are too many horses I see in front of him, and I don't want to take a horse who I think might run third or fourth. If like Gunite shows up there as well, it's like there's just a lot of horses where it's, I just wouldn't want him over those. What about in the Breeders' Cup Mile? Uh, talking about the turf now. What about Annapolis? Did anybody think about him? No, and I kind of. <laughs> That race, like, I think the Turf Mile might be one of the toughest races of the weekend. One of the deepest races, I should say, of the weekend. It's Magic, did you consider Annapolis at all? No, no, I did. I mean, it was very impressive, but I thought I'm worried that he's going to bounce. I think he's just a sharp candidate to bounce off of that last effort or to at least expect him to have that same effort back to back. to be tough. What about um, in Italian? I, I considered her for a little bit, too, because we all liked her as a gate-to-wire candidate in the Philly Mare Turf, and it's Chad Brown's best Philly for the race that he's won a bunch. So, Well, that's that's like – I think this would be really interesting with four people as well because then you're going 40 deep, and then an Italian's definitely getting drafted, right? And yeah. then, like, uh, obligatory was mentioned in the chat, definitely getting drafted. Yeah. There's certain horses that, that start coming up if you're going 40 deep versus going – um versus going 20 deep right and and this is much more of like hey you're just strategically picking who you think is going to win and you want to make sure you don't have two in the same race that kind of thing versus where if you're going 40 horses you're going to get a lot more selected and a lot more horses that are being like mentioned in the chat they're definitely gonna pick like delight would 100 gotten picked table would have gotten picked going 40 deep even 30 deep both those horses probably go so that that may have been a maybe next time we do that with four people or five people too to get additional horses taken one more i'm going to ask you about then i'll leave uh Taba, I'm really shocked you didn't take a shot with Taba, Samich. Can you kind of explain why you didn't? I have flight line. That if, if I ended up That's with the – if, if he takes flight line in the first pick, Taba is probably like – to me, there's – there's I think there are two well, – I think there are three exactas that I really like this year. I really like Cave Rock over National Treasure. I really like Nest over Malathat. I really like flight line over Taba. Um so to me, I could have taken National Treasure, but I have that's my that's my least strong of those three opinions, right? Is that that National Treasure is going to run second in that race? I do believe he will, but that's the least strong because I do like Forte quite a bit. Um, with Flightline, I don't want to take Taba, which I think is a, a stretch. I, I think he's going to run second, but he's not a lock to run second, right? And there are, you know, I respect life is good in there. I respect uh, Epicenter in there. At this point, I think you have to respect Rich Strike, who's showing up. I don't necessarily think he can win the race, but if the pace is the way that people are projecting now, he's going to have a shot to run up as well. So I, I, at that point, I don't want to take the horse or have the horse that I have winning the race and also have a horse who's I'm trying to get in the second in the same race. Fair. Yeah. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye, Aaron. <laughs> that was great. And, and everybody in the chat, you guys were great. I appreciate all of the... Uh... Uh, all the back and forth. Lots of great ideas here. Yeah, Dave is excited you brought that. He talked about National Treasure in the chat earlier. Uh, Derek, I got him round five. Got yeah. him uh, in round five. There he is. Uh, yeah, nice to meet Charlie Appleby when he's like, listen, I got Eddie R. got Nation's Pride. I got you beer. 
just going to send Rebels Romance, guys. That's, let's just send one this year. I kind of like that Appleby did that interview, too, to like open up the kimono a little bit on who to expect to come over so that we could start figuring out who you want to play, where how you're going to structure things, because it's tough with some of these Europeans coming over and then having to go through all these replays in a week to figure out, okay, who do I like, who don't I like? And so I, it's nice when you have big-time trainers, specifically like Appleby, who's done so well at this, coming over and saying, yeah, this horse is coming, this horse isn't coming. Well, listen, the Breeders' Cup is a week and a half away. November 4th, Friday is coming up very soon. And we uh, we went over a big meeting today, talked about what we're going to do for the Breeders' Cup coming up. So we'll let you know programming-wise uh, what we're going to be doing on the 26th on Wednesday. Pre-entries come out. <clears throat> They'll be doing that live. And guess what? We're going to be live, too, the Racing Dudes team, live at noon Eastern on Wednesday. It's going to replace Dudes Who Bet Daily on Wednesday. Uh, I think most of you are okay with that. We're going to be covering and reacting live to the pre-entry show. So... If you want to watch them and have that in like one window and put that on mute, come join us in the chat and have a lot of fun uh, or put that on the TV and join us in the chat. Seriously, it's a lot of fun if you haven't done it. Uh, I'd love to have you be part of it. So we have that coming up. And then on the 31st, Halloween Monday this year, Mike, uh, that is when the entries come out. So we will have all that information and we'll be reacting. And from then, it's like we're cooking with gas, like jet gasoline at that point. Yeah, it's going to get crazy after that. So we'll have the live reaction for those. We're going to have a Magic Mike, or I think that will be the Magic Mike show for Monday so that we don't have, hear us talk about the same thing twice and so that there's a podcast version out there for anybody who wants to be listening on the podcast side as well. So make sure you check that out. Uh, that's That week of the Breeders' Cup, we're not going to have Dudes Who Bet Daily. Uh, so we're going to pull that down for the Wednesday through Sunday specifically because all of us will be traveling on Wednesday or Thursday. All of us will be at the Breeders' Cup. So Jared's there, Aaron's there, Magic's there, I'll be there. Uh, I don't think Slim's going to make it, but we'll also Miranda will be there as well. So the, the whole crew yep. will be there minus Slim uh, on both Friday and Saturday. And we'll have live shows Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Plan is at eight o'clock for each day. Uh, so Thursday will be previewing Friday, talking about that. Friday will be talking about Saturday and recapping that those races on Friday. And then Saturday will obviously be talking about how the Breeders' Cup went on Saturday. So uh, we're all we have a nice little Airbnb out there. So I'll be hanging out and, uh, and talking about it. So it'll be a blast. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a fun couple weeks here. Uh, one thing real quick, tournament news, Bree. So we're going to have two tournaments, Breeders' Cup weekend. Friday and Saturday, we'll each have a pick and pray. $20, and the top uh, one every five will quali qualify for the finals on December 26th. So there will be a tournament for the full card on Keeneland on Friday and the full card on Keeneland on Saturday. So you got two shots to qualify Breeders' Cup weekend. Magic will actually join it this time instead of being a dick and forgetting about it. Uh, and so you can come in and try and beat the dudes on Breeders' Cup. I'm stoked for the Breeders' Cup this year. I'm like, I've got the BCBC entries, won a ton of tournaments this weekend to qualify for the big tournaments on horse tourneys there. If you want to check those out, there's a major tournament. There's two major tournaments every day at Breeders' Cup Day. So they're, they're really rolling out the red carpet uh, for some opportunities to make some cash there as well. So it's, it's going to be a monster Breeders' Cup weekend. Kevin wants to know if I'm dressing up or I, I'm being. I will dress up. I'm, you know I'm always game to dress up. I just don't want to be the only person who does it. I'm not sure what I'm going to be for Halloween yet. So Lily's going to be a witch. And so I'm trying okay. to figure out what ancillary witch character I should be here. So like I could go like like the Tin Man route and like go the, the, the that. I talked about, I considered, I'm thinking right now, right now I'm leaning toward being a broom because at some point I'm going to be carrying her. And I think it'd be funny to be dressed as a broom carrying around the witch. You could do that. I was yeah. imagining. I mean, you've got the frame. I was going to say you should be a flying monkey because, like, a, a six three six four flying monkey with a little witch would be. Here. We're doing, uh, and it was I was given the option to choose this year. We're doing Curious George. Interesting. So Colson's okay. going to be the monkey. I'm going to be the man in the big yellow hat. 
and Celeste is a giant banana. <laughs> Bananas are his favorite food in the world. He wakes up saying Nana, and he won't stop until we give him a, uh, he gets a whole banana before anything else in the morning. So he saw her in the banana costume, and he was just like, <laughs> he was happy because he could see her face, but it's the face and then the banana. And he really didn't know how to handle that. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's everybody says, look at that flying monkey. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're doing, uh, but I will not be the man in the yellow hat for this show because that's, it's a big costume. Actually, it's, yeah, it's right there. So, yeah. yeah so, I don't know the costume is. So, I got to figure out what, uh, what we're doing there. Uh, Ron says, sounds like you guys think this could be a chalky BC. It feels like that. Everybody, like, that could be chalky. And then, no, it doesn't. Um, listen, we'll talk more down the line. There are plenty of ways to make money, even if it's Flightline and Cave Rock that win. There's still a ton of ways to make money there. Uh, let's get out of here, Mike. It's been fun. We got a good show. We had a lively audience. Thank you so much. I'll put the uh, the fantasy draft results up here on the screen one last time and take a look. But don't forget, by the way, the inside track to the 2022 Breeders' Cup Wagering Guide. It's available for pre-sale. It has been. Uh, we will have that out to you in early November. We have to wait for the entries and everything first. We can do that. But Mike will have uh, the tournament plays that he thinks are important if you're a tournament BCBC person or if you want to get in a tournament play, see what that's like. We have the live bankroll article from Aaron and Jared, top four consensus from uh, every single expert handicapper. So uh, you can check that out now over racings.com. Before we get out, any other news, Mr. Savage? Uh, like New England tonight. So laying, uh, I think laying eight in contests, got him some teasers, minus two and a half, minus two. So I, I'm going to hope that uh, New England can get the job done here. Happy with my Dolphins. We got a nice win last night. Tua looks good. So glad, nice to have him back. Definitely makes the offense move a little bit better. Wild weekend from the NFL, too. Like, absolutely crazy to have, like, Tampa Bay looks terrible. Green Bay looks terrible. The NFC, which was bad, is now atrocious. Like, it's just, it's been nuts, man. And, and Geno Smith and the Seahawks just keep on rolling, baby. Well, I mean, you talked about the Packers and, and Buccaneers. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers combined for the same amount of wins as Daniel Jones of our New York Giants, who are one win away from cashing Mike Sonich's best bet of the preseason. And that would make it at week eight. Of a 17-week season, 18 weeks? How long do we play? I don't even remember now. It's, uh, it's 17, 17 weeks, 17 games, 18 weeks. Um, Damn. So, yeah, yeah, not even halfway through when your your best bet of the season is already about ready to cash. Like six and a half looks pretty good right now, huh? <laughs> pretty awesome. You all out there, you look pretty good as well. We hope to see you back here on Thursday. Mike and I will have another Pick 5 show, probably at Keeneland. Uh, might do Santa Anita. I know Santa Anita is going to have some good racing this weekend. We'll, well, at least stakes-wise, we'll see what the fields turn out. But tune in Thursday at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific for the Magic Mike Show. And then Wednesday, don't forget, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Pre-entries for the Breeders' Cup, they'll be released. Join us here live to react. Have fun in the chat. It'll be a ton of fun. Uh, until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, and uh, yeah, let us know what you think about the fantasy draft. (laughs) See you, bye. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.